Sean Show. This is going to be one of our basketball episodes. My name is Curtis. I'm going to be your host tonight, joined by Mario, Josh, and Jordan. So, we are recording the day after one of the best games I've ever watched, ever, period. Doesn't matter sport, doesn't matter anything. Coastal Carolina, 80. South Carolina, 56. We beat the Big Brothers from Central, so that's, that felt really, really good, you know. We uh, proved that the Beach Chickens are the better chickens, and, uh, you know, we get to move on and look ahead, but before we do that, let's look back at the season that has been. What are you guys, especially from last night, what are you guys' major takeaways? Man, so really from last night, it was just a complete domination from Isam Mustafa, 23-13. and 13. But really, what were we talking about, preseason basketball episode, if you listen to it, some of the most crucial players on this team were going to be Rudy Williams and Vince Cole, the two transfers from power, power conference schools that were coming in, and they're the starting point guard and shooting guard in this backcourt. Never played together before, was never a part of this team last year. For them to come in and combine for 35 points last night in the just the fifth game that they've played together with this team and to beat the Gamecocks by 24 points, the sky's really the limit with them, and we have one of the best backcourts definitely in the Sun Belt, and it looks like the country to me and that's maybe a little bit of an overreaction but they really impressed me last night yeah just to just to pan on what you were talking about Josh I mean they really looked comfortable out there with Rudy Williams Vince Cole and Isan Mustafa um, another player that you had to look out for also was uh, Josh Duje. you know the freshman coming in uh, he only had seven points last night but those are some big points and he actually and he also had a huge block to go in at a half against um, against the Gamecocks that were about to put up a three-point shot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this team, yeah, from through five games, I mean, we uh, honestly, we could honestly be 5-0 and right now. I mean, if you go back and look at all the, the teams that we've lost to with Toledo in the championship game in the Bahamas, they actually had the lead against them um, and just went on a little bit of a drought in the, in the yep. quarters, couldn't really um, score late in the game. And then you got to also look back at a UNC Wilmington having the lead at halftime with that game and just couldn't really get it going in the second half. But we honestly could be um, two wins away from saying we are undefeated right now. So just after five games, it looks really, really promising and looks really, really good to see that um, the boys are coming around and doing what they're doing right now. And, you know, we continue to keep playing like this. Hey, we could be one of the teams that could make a run in the Sun Belt uh, tournament and who knows, even make a NCAA uh, tournament bid this year. Yeah, for me it was the defense. I mean, to hold a school that was 5-1 and one coming into this game, to hold them to 56 points is absolutely amazing. And, I mean, when you really look at the scores, the, the, their best player, Stevenson, he had 12 points. I mean, I can't say nothing more, you know. Overall, we out-rebound them. We, I think we tied them in blocks. And this is against a school in South Carolina that's a very, very good school. Again, they were 5-1. and one. We were 2-2. Two and two. So, like... Obviously, we were right to be the underdogs, but as the underdogs, you know, we came up on top. I'm going to be honest with you, and I hope this is and I hope this is true. I hope this is basketball's BYU game. Put it that way. I hope that this is a game that ends up transitioning coastal basketball to becoming that great team, just like it happened with football. I mean, time will tell. We're going to have to see. But overall, like you mentioned, the, uh, the big three we got with uh, Mustafa, Vince Cole, and Rudy Williams, I mean, I love it. I think it's absolutely entertaining, and I can't wait to see what happens in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you brought up the defense. The defense was ridiculous. South Carolina shot 29% from the field. They couldn't score unless if they got to the free throw line, and we did a really good job of limiting their free throw opportunities. They only had 11. Now, they made nine of those. We were fouling the wrong people when we did foul. But let's not take away from what was an amazing game from that defense. 
They were forcing turnovers all the time. It's They got in this 1-3-1 zone that – South Carolina couldn't do anything against. Frank Martin was on the sideline losing his mind because his guys would come down, they'd try and get an open shot, and you'd have two shots to clear just running at him, trying to chase him down, and they couldn't get anything off. It was really exciting to see and really, really bodes well for the future, but last night it was just lockdown defense from the entire team. Yeah, and the biggest thing that I really want to point out is we're down there before the game. We're all working the game, so we're there early. South Carolina comes out. And one of the only things we notice is how much bigger they are than our guys. They're huge. Their three guys are bigger than our four guys, five guys. Their guards are giant. They're bigger than Mustafa. And we out-rebounded them by 11. We out-rebounded a power five school by 11 rebounds. And a little quick little nugget, Coastal Carolina was first in the country in rebounds per game last year. And they looked exactly like that last night. The guys were scrapping. They, Like I mentioned, they weren't the biggest, but Mustafa was grabbing boards. Rudy, Vince, Ibrahim Adiba, Yuduje, they were all grabbing boards, and they were scrapping. And really kind of bringing me off, I really think they fed off the energy of this crowd. Yeah, and I'll say this too. I mean, I mean, you could just feel it. Something, you could feel it. You, you had Big Brother come into town. It was a sold-out game. It was literally a sold out. Yeah. First time I've ever seen HTC sold out. Let me just say that. You just felt like it was going to be something special going on that night. And not to mention, they had a ceremony before the game to commemorate Coach Cliff Ellis on his 800 win back when the boys won against Valpo in the Bahamas. So you knew going into this game that Coastal just felt like they had something they had to prove against a big SEC school like South Carolina that's literally two and a half hours up the road. So. I mean, just really great play from everybody. And um, shout out to Will Akai on a major putback slam last night that really had HTC center rocking last night. Uh, it was really a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, that putback slam, it wasn't like it was at a crucial point in the game. Coastal was up 17, 18 points at the time. There were probably about seven minutes left. But I've never heard. HTC center that light. It literally sounded like there were 20,000 people in there. There were 3,000 who was sold out. But those voices and that cheering bouncing off those cinder block walls, everybody that close to the court, that I had a video recording on. I was down doing video last night. It almost like ruptured the speakers how loud HTC Center was after that. It was fantastic. And it came right after a Vince Cole dunk as well. Right. And going back to the defense, the one thing I noticed, the one thing I was pretty impressed with, I think it's very underrated, was when we did turn over the ball, our fast break defense was amazing, yeah. you know, and, and it, they got right on them. Because you, because again, that's the that's your opportunity to get some easy points. You steal that ball and you end up going to the other side of the court. South Carolina could not find their way to the other side of the court unless they went back to a 5v5. And that is the way that Coastal Carolina needs to play. And so I got to give a, a big shout out to uh, Cliff Ellis again on a very important night. You know, he was still able to be professional and end up creating a game plan to beat this power team. Not only was our fast break defense good, it was literally perfect. Yeah. Um, Coastal Carolina, in probably the most impressive stat of the night, other than another one I'm going to bring up here in just a second, outscored South Carolina on the fast break 25 to nothing. South Carolina had zero fast break points. So, yes, Coastal Carolina turned over the ball 14 times. Those 14 turnovers didn't lead to any fast break points. South Carolina turned the ball over 14 times. It ended up in 25 points for the shots. Not only is that really good fast break defense, it's really good fast break offense. Two things to add on to just how 
dominating this performance was just how electric it was. South Carolina led for one minute and four seconds total in this game. The last time that they led in this game, the score was 3-2, to two, and there were 18 minutes and 50 seconds left in the first half. Like, that's just an, a well-rounded performance. You had to lean on your big guys in this game. You know, we talked about the big three at this school, but, you know, this was a full-team performance that they came out, they were ready to play, they were ready to dominate, and they did. From start to finish, Coastal Carolina was in control of a game against Big Brother, which that should never happen, and it did, and it felt amazing. Yeah, and like you mentioned on that, I think the biggest play of this entire game came at the end of the first half. Shot clock winding up. Well, there was shot clock was turned off then. Time was winding down. South Carolina passes in the corner what looks like an open three, but then out of absolute nowhere, Josh Duje reads the three, comes in sailing with two arms flying, absolutely stuffs Eric Stevenson's three-point shot into the stands, and we take when we keep the lead at halftime. He hits that. They're up by two going into halftime. They steal the momentum. Keep in mind, Coastal was up by 13 or 14 points in the first half, and then we really kind of blew that lead at the end of the first half. And if they hit that three, that's what it looked like it was trending towards. That they were coming back, taking control. They had kind of figured out how what we were doing. They hit that three. They take the lead. Adjustments at halftime. Ball game really over. But for him to get that block, the crowd was electric, and then that caused every every fan in there stayed through halftime. And I think that block by Josh Duse, the true freshman from London, that was the biggest play of the game. And I know we won by 24, but that really felt like the game could have gone either way right there. And for me, I think uh, you, you got to think, Isam Mustafa really didn't have a great game in the first half. He was struggling. I mean, let's let's just call it how it is. We saw there, we saw him. He was not hitting his hook shots the way that he usually is hitting them and getting into the inside of the in the paint area like he usually does. He struggled in the first half. So it was really good to see him come out in the second half and be even more aggressive. And the one thing for me uh, with those uh, – the points that he got was the free throws. He shot 11 of 16 from the free throw line. For a big man to shoot 11 of 16 out of free throws, that is pretty darn good. So a uh, really bounce back way for him to come out in the second half and to continue to stay aggressive even when he's not performing at his best. Yeah, you mentioned it there that Mustafa didn't have a good first half. He finished the first half with four points, nine rebounds, which is insane. But to finish the game with 23 after having four at the half, A, that's good coaching. Because Cliff Ellis realized, hey, I've got this guy who South Carolina either has to foul or he gets the shot. Like, there's, there, those are your two options, right? And he made that adjustment where going into this game, like you said before, we were at the, watching them warm up. South Carolina looks so much bigger than Coastal. Like, we were sitting there watching it and we're like, oh, my God, that guy's going to be a problem. That guy's going to be a problem. That guy's going to be a problem. And, and – Never did we waver in our belief that Coastal was going to win, but we knew it was going to be tough. And then Issa Mustafa, who's smaller than every guy he was up against last night, dominated in that second half. And it changed the, the momentum for this team. It changed the trajectory for this team. And, you know, like you guys, like, like Mario said, I hope this becomes the BYU game. I hope this becomes the catalyst for a run, not to the Final Four or anything crazy. But just to building this program back to something special and, and putting it in the same category with the football team is like, hey, 
we're one of the smallest D1 schools in South Carolina, but we're also the best. Like, if you want that crown, you got to come and take it from us. And this game was a really big stepping stone in that. Right, and going to Mustafa, you know, it was something so simple, okay? He had, like, four points, and it was something to start that fire so simple as to just keep following Mustafa. This man had so many free throws in a row, I couldn't even count. It was, like, five plays in a row this man was going to the free throw line. Something so simple, just foul. Just go in and get fouled, and then start shooting free throws. Something like that. That's what led that game. But the other thing on offense that I was really impressed with was we would shoot a three and South Carolina would shoot a three. And usually when stuff like that happens, one team gives up. You know, one team just ends up missing and going cold. When it came to this, Coastal was not letting that up. Coastal was like, you want to shoot a three on that side and respond? We're going to re-respond back to you and let's make this a game. And at the end of the day, Coastal shooting did absolutely an amazing job. And I like how they went head-to-head with Big Brother and told Big Brother, look, you might be the big brother, but guess what? Little Brother's taking that spot. You're, you're, uh, you're the old brother. I'm Michael Jordan. I hop off. Yeah, and on that, like you mentioned, the first half, the second half we really dominated the entire time. And we were up by 15 for most of it. But that first half, especially early in the game, was back and forth three here, three here, and the guy that was our catalyst and really saddled that kind of position for us was Rudy Williams. He had 14 of his 19 in the first half, and he hit his first five shots of the game. He went five for five in the first half. He was hitting, there was one, it was to take the lead initially, actually away from South Carolina to go up by, they were up eight to five or something at that point. He had a transition three, and the crowd exploded. He was feeling confident. That was like his fifth point at the time, but that gave him confidence, and that kind of announced to the HTC Center and to the Gamecocks that if they wanted this, they were in for a fight. We weren't going to roll over. And, yeah, we might be Coastal Carolina, but we got a guy who was the sixth man at Kansas State last year. We got guys who were recruited to play at the same level as these South Carolina guys, and that was the backcourt, and they really stepped up. So that was great to see. Shout out to Rudy. And let me just say this. Garrett Green hasn't even started getting going yet. No. He only had six points last night. Abrima Diba hasn't started getting going yet. He only had five points last night. Put this into perspective. Our starting lineup as a whole could each get double digits at any point in any time at, during any game if they wanted to. Yeah. Let's just call it how it is. We had three of our starting five, uh, five had 10 points. 20, one had 20. The rest had over 15. Just wait. It, when Garrett Green is starting to knock down those threes the way that he's used to be knocking down those threes, and when Abrima Diva's being more aggressive and getting it where he's, his spot's on the court, it's going to be a scary thing to see. And then when you can get a look at the, the bench and get some points from uh, Iduje and Williamson, it's going to be something scary, I'm telling you guys. And we're going to be, it's going to be a beautiful thing to see because we can't wait to see this team really start gelling and getting it clicking once it starts happening. Right, and I think that transition for Coastal becoming a big, big basketball school, I think it's coming a lot sooner than I thought. I found this out today. The last time we played South Carolina, it was three years ago. We lost to them 85-79. For a school that, that was that small at the time, three years ago, to have a fight with South Carolina, I mean, this should have been like a foreshadow considering now we got some guys who played in those big schools like St. John's, like Kansas, like those schools right there. This should have been a foreshadow right here that we were going to come in and we were going to absolutely dominate. 
But I'll say this, though. I am really excited about the future of this team. You know, I really do hope this is the BYU game, and we have three sports, which is three of the major sports in probably the, three of the major sports in the U.S., uh, football, basketball, and baseball. I hope we become a, a powerhouse in all three of those sports. Yeah, and Jordan, like you mentioned, the guys that we were counting on early in this season to kind of be the rock and be the guys who were the leaders of Coastal and who have been here Brima Deba, Garrett Green, and Mustafa. Mustafa's come out to a real hot start. But Garrett Green and Deba haven't even gotten going yet. And the guys that we thought was going to take a minute to ease into their roles, Vince Cole and Rudy Williams, they're going. So you know once those other two get going, we're going to be unstoppable. Like you said, they can all go. I wouldn't be surprised if we have a few games, especially in conference play, where they're all starting five hit double digits. And all five of these guys can score at any point in time. But what I really liked to see yesterday, you mentioned Mustafa got going in the second half. We were running our entire offense through Mustafa. We kick it down to Mustafa. He either shoots or gets fouled, or he facilitates it out to one of the shooters. And one thing was that was happening with was Deba was getting the ball, and then he was driving in. It didn't, it didn't necessarily look like it, but he had four assists, and a lot of his assists were coming off of passes to other people who then fed the guy. So... Deba really had a great game yesterday that didn't show up on the box score, and he definitely deserves a shout-out for that, and he was crucial with the ball. Yeah, first ever, first ever win against uh, South Carolina here at the HTC Center, and it's our first time beating South Carolina since 93. So, hey, just looking to build off this and see what more they can do this season, for real. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's exciting, right? Like, we were super excited after the game. I mean, I came down and, you know, I came flying. I was up in the, in the catwalk doing my camera. I came flying down the stairs and, you know, jumped into Josh. And, like, we had a we – like, it was awesome. We were so excited to, like, have this victory and have this here. But the season isn't over. Far from it. You're, you're six games in now. This is your chance to turn this thing into something special and something magical and, and build forward on this. And like you said – the, the starting five hasn't even started to go yet, you know. You made that point earlier, Jordan, that, that you've got three out of five have started going. Now, Derek Green is a rebound machine at guard. He's an all-effort, all-the-time player. He's just constantly going. But the scoring isn't there. And, and Deba isn't there on the, with the scoring touch. He's a great point guard, finished with, with six rebounds, four assists. But the scoring isn't there. You get all those guys firing – this team is scary. Name a team in the Sun Belt that's better than them. You can't. It's, you can't. Absolutely, it's scary how good they are. And the one and another thing that I noticed, and this and this to me was very interesting. Okay, there was times in that game where South Carolina was getting really frustrated and they started acting a little bit dirty. There's two times where a team acts dirty, in my opinion. You either act, they either act dirty because you're being dirty back to them, or they act dirty because you're just better than them. And at that, and in that game. I'm sorry, but Coastal was just better than them. You start seeing them hard foul them, everything like that, in those last five seconds of the game where um, we were trying to run on the clock and they fouled us for no reason and our guy took the ball and kind of like tossed it at him and then the guy took the ball and chucked it at his head. Right there, see, I, I'm, not, I'm not proud of what they did right there and absolutely Coastal had a right to be mad at them. But when you can be so good that you end up pissing off a team that is that good, and you piss them off to the point where they're doing those types of things where their own head coach is yelling at them, that's how you know Coastal is, is really good, when you're pissing off a team just because you're better than them. 
Yeah, and I know Frank Martin is a is a hothead. <laughs> like, let's not pretend he's you know some stoic giant out there. Just you know, I, I'm super zen. But we had him blowing his lid. Like he he got a tech too because he couldn't beat Coastal, so he had to turn to the referees. He couldn't play better basketball than the Chanticleers, so he had to turn to the referees and be like, why isn't that a foul? That needs to be a foul. That needs to – what are you doing? What are you doing? And the refs had enough of it, and they teched him up. And we broke South Carolina, a team in the SEC, a team that's going to be pretty good this year. Are they tournament material? Maybe. They're on the verge of it. But they're a good team. They're a Power 5 team. We don't complain about in football when we, we beat Kansas, right? Like, yes, Kansas is terrible, but it's a Power 5 team. They're on a different level than Coastal is, and we're punching above our weight. And this was an example of, of Coastal not punching above their weight, but Mike Tysoning someone yeah. above their weight. Like, just straight uppercut to the chin, go back to Columbia, you losers. Like, it was great. It was, it was awesome, and... and the other thing I, w- I want to talk on before we move move on from this game is you guys have mentioned it briefly. The atmosphere inside of HTC Center, from the students to the alumni to the fans that showed up, I was worried going into this game that this would be like a 50-50 crowd. Just because there's so many South Carolina fans down here on the coast that, ah, yeah, I'm close to Coastal, so I guess I'll cheer for Coastal. But when South Carolina comes to town, they switch allegiances. That didn't happen. That crowd was probably 90-10. The student sections on both ends were rocking the entire game. They were packed. It was awesome. Like, half the football team was there. I saw a bunch of baseball players. You know, like, it was an amazing atmosphere, and that's a credit to the students, and it's a credit to what we know this university can be and what we know this university can accomplish. Is the job done? No. There's a game on Saturday. Show up. Be that loud. Be that proud. Be the engine that the team needs, because last night they fed off of you. It was real easy to see. You know, the, the, the first game I watched against Farum, they would hit a three-pointer, and then they just kind of jog back. There was nothing, like, there was nothing, you know, Vince Cole would hit, hit a clutch three and, and just jog back. Bop, bop, bop. I'm going to play defense. That game, he'd hit a three, and he'd put the three in the sky, and they were carrying on. They were having a good time. And it's because you guys were loud. You guys were carrying on. You guys were having a good time, and they fed off of that. To have the HTC Center packed, Every game sends a message to every recruit in the Southeast. This is the best small school in, not South Carolina, in the entire Southeast. If I'm going to go play basketball and I can't get into Duke or North Carolina, I'm coming to, uh, to South, excuse me, I'm coming to Coastal Carolina. Yeah, and I don't think our small student base in our small arena is any downside if we can pack it. Because it was packed yesterday and it looked good and it sounded sounded like a full arena because those those arenas the people are sitting so far away from the court it doesn't have that same kind of effect this it was loud i mean rudy williams even said in the press conference that he be- truly believes south carolina missed some free throws because coastal was so loud south carolina is a team that's played in the biggest arenas in the entire country the rowdiest fans they play in the sec they've played against duke and for rudy williams to come out and say that Remember, he's from Kansas State. If we want other guys of his caliber to transfer here, we got to be that team. Those fans have to be that passionate. And he used the term Teal Nation, which means he's bought into the team. The fans in the team are now kind of linked by this win. And if you want to be a part of this special season and what we can become, show out again and keep doing what you're doing. I want to applaud the students last night for coming out. And 
I want to see it again this weekend and the rest of the season as well, especially conference play. Yeah, and um, especially with a big game coming up against Winthrop, we, we're gonna we're gonna need all the support, and they're gonna need all the support. And it's like it's like Curtis said, you know, this could be like a Duke Cameron Indoor yeah. venue. Yeah, it really could be because that's how close we are to the quarter. And the fans are really what drives the basketball team. You know, when players on the opposite team are on the free throw line and you guys are loud and being rowdy and doing the things that you guys are doing, they're going to miss those free throws. They're going to miss these these big possessions to try to get back into the game, and we can try to use that to our advantage. So we definitely need more of the fans to come out to the games and not just – let's just not – I don't want this to be just a one-time sellout just because South Carolina came. Right, and if what Josh Jordan Curtis said did not motivate you to come to this game, I'll give you another factor, okay? The first 100 people that come to this game get free pizza. Just put that in your minds, okay? <laughs> you guys can come to the game, eat some slices of pizza, okay, and watch the game. Have some fun, okay? Come out here, do what you did last game, you know, make it difficult for Winthrop, and enjoy some pizza while you're at it. I mean, if you don't like pizza, I don't know what you're doing here, but... Hey, if that's not good enough motivation, I don't know what is. Listen, I'll do anything for a slice of Zom. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Zom. Zom. Oh, but, yeah, no, th- this was a lot of fun, and and the season isn't over. The season is, is going to keep rolling, and, and this is a good start. But, again, like we've said multiple times, it's not over. That goes for the team. That goes for the fans. That goes for everybody involved. And you got to keep this thing rolling, and who knows where we end up in March. We could be – off on a road trip to who knows where. I mean, that'd be something Dayton crazy something, out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, the, moving on fr- from this game real quickly, you know, the women's team deserves our attention, deserves yes. our, our coverage, Absolutely. deserves our, our, our praise. Because we said in our pregame episode about the women's team that they're, they have no expectations this season. They could go, you know, 1-29 and and – as long as you showed growth, we'd be happy. And instead of going one and twenty nine and showing growth, they're six and zero, and have the number one scoring defense in the country. That like you're you could pack it in right now, and I'm happy. I, no, that's not true. <laughs> Expectations have been raised a little bit now, but this team has come together and, and created a core. All of the young young women that have come into this team look phenomenal. They they look like they belong. They look like they're ready to play and ready to dominate. Asia is doing her thing. She's playing so well. And the main takeaway, like I said, there is the defense is just absolutely smothering their competition. They can't score. They can't shoot. They can't pass because there's always a shot to clear in the way. Man, you talk about Asia, but. The two girls that I really want to mention, I've been at literally every home game that we've had this season. Tyra Brown and Aaron Freeman, they are dogs. Aaron Freeman, I've never seen a girl hit up, pull up. Um, she does this thing where she does a dribble, off the dribble, kind of mid-range pull-up jumper with, with a girl on her, too, kind of fade away. She hits that. I've never seen her miss it. And Tyra Brown can shoot the lights out from three. And she's quick, too. She's been hitting the cuts. Those two girls in the backcourt – have been absolutely phenomenal. Not even and not even mentioning Blair Schultz as well. She's a transfer from JUCO. Those three girls in the backcourt have been phenomenal aside from Asia. And when everybody's focused on Asia and we can feed our shooters, it's it's looked phenomenal. And the offense has looked pretty good. 
there's games where it could have looked better in the turnovers. I, I won't even be – I'll be frank here. They've been pretty awful. We turned the ball over 20 times a game, and we're still beating teams by double digits because of our defense. If we clean that up and kind of find more of a purpose with the offense, we should be able to run away with the Sun Belt because these teams that we're playing now, UNCG, ETSU, they're not no-name schools. We've played those too. We've played some D2. We're playing high-level mid-majors, which is what the Sun Belt is. So I'm very optimistic, and we have a lot to clean up, but we've done a great job so far. Yeah, and, you know, I, I was waiting on you. I was waiting to see if you were going to say Blair Schultz's yeah. name. Because if you weren't, I was. You know, we love Blair Schultz on the show. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's a beautiful thing to see. We got this, We got the team rolling, and, you know, like you said, no expectation at the beginning of the year. And now they're sitting here, you know, 6-0, and and with a win over Walford on Saturday – could match the the best start in Coastal's women's basketball history at 7-0. and So, you know, we're just looking to see this team and see how far they can go. And we talked about an NCAA bid for the men's. Women, if hey, Asia and the rest of the girls can get going, keep doing what they're doing, might be saying the same thing for the, uh, for the women as well, see if they can make the NCAA tournament as well. Yeah, and I don't want to, like, keep mentioning just Asia Blunt, but, like, recently Asia Blunt, she was announced Sunbelt Player of the Week, so congratulations to her. It shows you, again, how it shows you again how good of a player she is. And not only that, but, like, I think this could potentially be one of the most exciting seasons for women's basketball since probably, like, a few years ago back when we had DJ, because DJ was an absolute mm-hmm. amazing, you know? But I think this does have the potential to be just as an exciting team. But you guys got to make it an exciting team. But I really do want to give a lot of credit to the seniors on this team, you know, Tyra Brown, Asia, and all the other seniors on this team because they really, um, Jen, excuse me, Jenny Camp. I want to give them all like a big shout out because there are a lot of freshmen, a lot of young w- women on this team, like Curtis said, and these seniors I think are really doing it the right way by giving them high expectations and telling them, hey, look, we made it, last year might have been a shit show. But this year, it's going to be completely different. And again, credit to, we can't, I'm sorry, but we can't leave this without giving credit. You know, credit to Coach Williams, okay? Because she's done an amazing job this year, especially with the rest of the coaching staff as well. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned Blunt there. Going back to their last game against East Tennessee State, 16 and 17. Like, And we didn't even think she looked that great. No, Let's yeah, we real. walked away from that game and we're, we're like, like, man, that... Uh, they won this game, but, you know, Asia could have played better. And then you bring up the boxer and go, Jesus, <laughs> that was such a silent 17-rebound game. But, like, she's playing her ass off out there. And it's it's awesome to see, you know, you, you that game in particular, East Tennessee State never led in that game. Mm-mm. Coastal had the lead the entire time. They led – they didn't even have, like, that BS, like, 2 nothing lead in the early on. Coastal was in charge of the game the whole time, and these women are playing so well. The offensive side of the ball needs a little bit of work, but that'll come with time. That'll come with familiarity. That'll come with you know playing more games together and getting together as a group. But this defense is just incredible. This defense is top level in, in Division One. Yeah, and we want to mention the – the Camp Twins, Janine, has looked absolutely unstoppable. I do video for a lot of the games, and the amount of things that I have to label Janine rebound to layup, it's ridiculous. Nobody can stop her. She's got to be like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and there's two of them on the, twin, on the team. They're twins from Portsmouth, Virginia. Shout-out to them. They've been killing it. And really, also shout-out to Coach Jada. There's been a lot of games. We're up 15, 16 in the final stretch. 
But she understands that we're not even playing as good as we should be and that there's a lot to clean up. She really doesn't take the starters out. She leaves them in, and she's calling stuff for them to work on. And there's something to be said for having, like, class and everything. But when you're coming off of a 3-15 and 15 season and you have to prove something, especially for Coach Jada, for her job to show that she's still got it and she can turn this team around, I really respect that. And it always looks like she has a purpose for any media timeout they're doing, and she always has something that she's working on, even if we're up by 20. Yeah, and for me, i got to say this. I think that, you know, with this 6-0 and start – I know it's very early in the season, but if Coach Williams can continue to keep doing the things she's doing, you got to put her up for Sun Belt Coach of the Year for oh, women's yeah. basketball. No question about it. Right, and we talked about Cliff Ellis and his 800 wins. Coach Williams has over 100. Okay, so she's again, she's a pretty good coach in her in her right too. I, I just don't think she gets a lot of credit, you know. But I want to give her credit on the show. Credit to her and the rest of the coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Again, going back to that pregame episode, we were looking forward to this season for women's basketball, not so much for competitiveness, not because we were looking for you know a, a run in March Madness type thing, but we were looking for improvement. We were looking for the team to get better, and holy shit, did they get better. <laughs> like This is a fun team to be around, just like the men's team. This is, this is such a fun team and a fun group of, group of women to be around and, and to see them grow and develop like this, God only knows how good a basketball they're going to be playing come February, come Sunbelt tournament time. Like they're going to be again, just like the men's team, they're going to be a scary team to play against. Yeah, and like you said, they're very fun to be around. They're a very fun team to watch. After every charging foul that they draw, they do this celebration on the sideline where one of the girls will trust fall and they catch her. I don't really know where that came from, but they're always having fun and they're always they look like they play with joy and they're not there just because oh, I have a scholarship, that's the only way I'm going to go to school. They're, they're having absolute fun with the game. They look like a true team. And another thing that's really stood out to me so far, I don't know why, but DeAsia Richardson was third-team preseason all-sum belt. She's not even been starting the past couple games. To have that girl coming in, she's been the sixth man. And she's playing her ass off as well. She's playing great. But to have that kind of depth in a season where we thought it was going to be Asia and DeAsia, and that was it, and everybody else was going to have to learn, and that was going to come. For her to be, I mean, she's been like the fourth, fifth option this year so far for us. So I've been extremely surprised by the depth. We've got eight, nine girls deep that I have no issue with being on the court, and I think we can be competitive with all of them. And that's been my biggest surprise, honestly. Well, it's a, it's a testament to the players and to the coaches, coaching staff. The players are buying into the coaching and, you know, they, they all came in and they probably were like, we're not going to come out here and be the same team that we were last year. Right. We're not going to have all these losses. No, we're going to change it this year. We're going to come out here and we're going to fight and fight until the end. And every game that we play in, and we're going to see how these how it goes. And for the most part, everything's been looking pretty well with this team, and we're going to have to just continue to see how it's going to happen. Yeah, like I said, we're, we're super excited. This has been as as fun as football season is and as fun as it is to cheer for a really good football team holy cow this winter looks amazing like we've got such good basketball ahead of us and i can't wait to get to it but with that we'll let you get back to your day signing off for mario josh and jordan i'm curtis follow us on instagram at sean show on twitter at the sean show hit us with those uh, dms let us uh, know what you're thinking out there let us know what questions you have on your mind we'll get to them for you but with that, Sean's up.